Tell me what you see. I see a busy street with bikers whizzing by and buses stopping every few minutes to pick up commuters and students. A blue sky and dappled light falling through trees that just began thinking of changing color. I see parking spots and their accompanying meters, but no cars. I see cinder blocks arranged in rows and stacked a few high. Simple pieces of wood run between them, forming a small platform. On this platform lays a stranger, and above them, replicated in the sky, I see their face. A mirror hangs above their reclined body, transporting their image above and beyond them. Where am I? I'm at our installation for this year's parking day. Welcome to What Builds Us, a podcast that uncovers the ways our built environment affects our emotions, experiences, and our day-to-day lives. I'm Chantel. And I'm Brian. And this week, we're leaving the private domain of the home and entering the public realm, looking at social relationships in urban places at 100 square feet. So a lot of times when we think about how we relate to people in the city, we think about kind of big urban areas, big squares, a long sidewalk, a big park, you know, an entire waterfront, some, something like that. But often we have some pretty meaningful interactions with people at 100 square feet. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that's so interesting about being in the city is the fact that there's a lot of really small moments that people experience on a day-to-day level that really help you connect with someone else and it's one of those things that you kind of don't notice which is when really good design comes into play but I think those small moments of when someone alters the city in a small way that totally alters your day and how you interact with someone else are the most profound yeah, the city can provide all these little, these little tiny moments. Yeah, like nooks and crannies <laughs> of like interaction. Yeah, whether you're just sitting on a bench and waiting for the bus, and and you, you share a space with someone, or you're, or you're waiting for the light to change and standing on a street corner. Yeah, one of the things I think is blowing up right now is a lot of storefronts are taking over the sidewalk or making the sidewalk bigger, and they're kind of spreading beyond the space that you're walking and now there's going to be seating on one side of you and the restaurants on the other side of you and you're walking through these intimate moments within a restaurant that I think is really interesting also public seating that's existing kind of in the street is another big thing that's blowing up especially when it comes when it turns warm out oh my god in the summer I mean the city just explodes with all these uh, kind of in between spaces, especially with restaurants, with stores, with these kind of commercial spaces. But even just if you walk through a residential area, people hanging out on their stoops or or kids playing on the in the sidewalk and stuff. Those those kinds of moments all happen at this small scale, and they and kind of like how we were talking about last week, how the house distills a lot of ideas. We think that at this this scale, these super profound moments can get really distilled down to their like essential components. Yeah, yeah. One of the spaces that comes to my mind that I've always been intrigued by is when I'm outside of a bar or entering a bar, especially in a city, there's so many different moments that are existing in this very small space outside of a door. There's, you know, people who are waiting for a car to come pick them up. There's people who are smoking. There's people who are making out. There's people who are getting hit on, people who are avoiding getting hit on, <laughs> waiting in the, <laughs> waiting to get into the bar. There's people who are smoking, so they're in that 
um, fenced-in area that's half in, half out. There's people who are already in. It's it's so many different experiences smashed into such a small space, and it's strange to watch who interacts with who, even though you're standing right up against someone. Yeah, yeah. It's it's this kind of moment of weird density where you all sort of are there for the same reason. This kind of this program of a bar brought you together. But sort of weird things either draw you apart or draw you together, mm-hmm. all distilled in this little tiny area. Yeah, it's like very small markings draw you to talk to one person over another, even though mm-hmm. generally everyone's there for this similar thing. Yeah, and the architecture of those little spaces, the design of those little spaces totally impacts how that happens. One of the things at this scale that I really love and I get like kind of nerd excited about <laughs> is called the uh, it's called the barn stance. Well, it's it's formally called the pedestrian scramble. So it was invented by this dude Henry Barnes, and it was essentially to to solve the problem of people uh, pedestrians waiting too long at intersections to cross the street. So I'm sure everyone's experienced this when you're standing in a corner and you look both directions at at the crosswalk and they both say walk and so no cars can go and it's only for people suddenly for like maybe 15 seconds the intersection just gets flooded with people they totally take over this little square where usually it's only cars like if you stood there you would for sure get hit by a car like 30 seconds later but just because of this like weird mechanism of urban planning and city government they allow you to own this little space in the center of the of the street for just a, a few seconds. And everyone's like, I'm going to walk diagonal. Yeah. yeah, they walk diagonally, which is so good. Because you would never, like, if you just asked someone to do that, they would think you're a crazy person. But because they look and they go, oh, instead of going on the long side. I'm going to go wild. <laughs> and the city allows them to. The city government allows them to through that little that little dude, that little light up dude on the sign. Uh, he, he lets them walk. It's like such a moment, like a breath in the city of just yeah. like people flooding and then dispersing. Yeah, that's a I, I, that's a beautiful way to think of it. It's the, the sidewalk is breathing. Yeah. It's exhaling you into the center of the intersection and then inhaling you back in. All the nicks and crannies in the buildings. <laughs> so all these moments that we're talking about, they happen in, in what we would call the public realm of the city. So these are areas, they're not necessarily outdoor, though often they are, areas where as a member of the public, you're just, you can just go, and you kind of know that you can go, you don't have to ask anyone's permission. They're sometimes controlled by either governments or businesses, and they might have rules, like a park is in the public realm, but you can't really hang out there at night. Open till dusk, from dawn, dusk till dawn. Yeah, which are always such weird hours to me, but. Yeah, I'm always like, oh, it's vague enough. <laughs> I'm like, why well, is so bright out? And they're like, those are, no, it's not. Those are, those are lights. <laughs> so like that's in the public realm, the sidewalk, but even like the lobby of a big office tower, you can just walk in, you can't get past a certain point, and then the public realm ends. But all these moments that we're talking about happen in that, that, that area on, you know, that kind of slides between different levels of use. So we're going to really dive into this idea of, of these kind of social interactions at this scale through the lens of one specific event, and that is uh, this year's edition of Parking Day. So what's cool about this whole event is that it kind of takes place, the whole idea of it is about how different people can occupy this 
concept of like 100 square feet-ish, which is about the size of a parking spot on a street, um, which is technically public space. But because of the idea and who's using it for what, a lot of you know just everyday people don't understand it as being public space and a place that you can occupy because everyone just thinks of it as only being for cars. So what this event does and why it became so influential and it blew up so much in the country now is because it became a platform for anyone to take over and reclaim a piece of that public space. Yeah, and what is now this, as Chantel mentioned, a national event, um, it happens, it's organized in cities across the country, started uh, about 15 years ago, mid-2000s, by one small landscape architecture firm in San Francisco. They're called Rebar, uh, to give them some credit. Um, the first one ever, which is really fantastic, was just sod, like rolled up sod, and a few chairs. And they didn't illegally occupy a meter. They just brought enough quarters to fill a parking meter for a day. And they invited people to just, hey, instead of there being a car here, now there's some space for you. Come and hang out. Yeah, and what's so interesting is when Brian and I first went to approach participating in it this year, there's this guideline as to how to successfully get through parking day and it's what to say to police and how to define to people who get mad at you that it's your right to claim this spot. And if you're paying for it, you can own this spot. And a lot of people are just so, to the degree in which meter maids don't even know that in a way it sounds like that people resist it so hard because it's so uncommon for a human without a car to occupy that spot but in reality if you think about it if you pay for a spot and you just like sit in it no one's gonna come over and you know give you a ticket (laughs) like for sitting the city's established rules that this is something that they they own that the public owns and you can pay them to rent but they never said you have to park a car there yeah so this whole event is inspires people to, you know, put blocks. It's it it correlates with another event that happens on at least in Boston, I'm sure, in a lot of different states in different ways. When bands kind of occupy the sidewalk and porch fests and that whole thing of people just occupying this public space, the sidewalk, the where you know communities merge and people merge from their residents into the public they reoccupy it and reclaim it for a different use where and, and use it more as a spot instead of just passing it's a spot for people to come together yeah or or small towns might have kind of community days where they shut down their their main little intersection and all the local businesses have set up tables and have activities for kids and stuff that's a similar idea of taking this public space that's usually for cars a street and giving back to people for a little bit So to bring another voice and opinion in on this event, um, we spoke to Katrina Zimmerman, who you're going to hear from later in this season. But she's stationed in Philadelphia and, you know, works with the city to pursue Parking Day in that area. And so we got to talk to her for a little bit and hear her position on Parking Day and what it's like there. Um, You know, I've got an apartment or maybe a house if I'm lucky or something. But, you know, it's like what kind of space in the city can you impact personally? Yeah. I think the beauty of parking day is it gives you permission, you know, like you don't have to be uh, a business owner that puts a parklet out front. You can just take it over for a day, either do it on the sly, like pay your parking fee and take it over and voila, like you have reclaimed a piece of the street that is public space that belongs to you in your city and you have done your part to make a place for people, even if only for a day. 
Yeah, she's really amazing. Um, and I think she's a great understanding of kind of the ethos behind this whole day and this whole event. So definitely stay tuned to hear more from Katrina Zimmerman and why she considers herself to be a professional people watcher. But we're glad that we got her input on for Parking Day. If you remember, I also took some time during Parking Day to uh, go run around with a microphone and talk to kind of some non-architect, non-designer people about about the day while you held down the fort at our installation? Um, I feel like it's better to take up a parking spot than to take up the sidewalk. I think that this kind of shows that we're more of like the community and we're more welcoming and we like to show everyone who we are and we're part of this community. Okay, that's great. Yeah, you missed the pull-up people that set up set up camp right next to us. Yeah, they were weird. They came for a total of, I think, three to four hours and set up a pull-up bar and basically did pull-ups the entire time. I don't think that was the intent of Parking Day. <laughs> but you know. They were mainly um, heckling people on the sidewalk, being like, how many pull-ups can you do? And then some would come over, and I think only three people did it, and then everyone would chant as they did pull-ups and then they would move on with their lives. But it was put up and taken down in the time that you were gone. And and I was not gone that long. <laughs> in my head, I was like, he's going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> so one of the first groups I found was the Community Development Department, which is a department within the city of Cambridge. They actually helped organize the whole day. I like the community it creates. I think it's a good format for conversation, especially for what we're doing about how people use this space, specifically in, in this time in Central Square last year, it, it fosters a great way of why people are here and also creates a nice, more approachable environment because typically on normal days we stop them on the street. So it creates this nice, like more comfortable for a place for a conversation to happen, which is important to hear um, what residents and people that use the space want for move, improving the city. So I think that's interesting because it's like the city utilizing this day to have more probably beneficial conversations with users and like everyday people. Yeah, it's this kind of ground up thing. It started by a private group and someone not connected with the city at all. And now as it's grown and grown, the city, like you said, uses it as a tool yeah. to have have uh, to get some data from the people who use it. And what can be really inspiring about that is probably the best feeling I've had from a city in a while was the fact that we went to do this and we thought we were going to have all these difficulties maintaining a parking spot and then turns out the city of Cambridge um, reserved a lot of spots on the street and that within itself shows that the city's trying to respond and utilize this day and help people be a part of this day for free. Yeah shout out to the city of Cambridge for being like super welcoming for this they were they made it as easy as it could have been yeah shout out to those people who dropped out and we got to take their spot yeah real heroes <laughs> mvp <laughs> so i also talked to some uh lovely workers from the cambridge health alliance now again this was out and about on the street and right as i was talking to them there was this big truck backing up like 10 feet away the purpose of that is just to talk to them about our services um, and just to get the word um, out. We don't necessarily are targeting like one specific group. We target everyone and see um, how many people we can get um, into our system from it. It's cool. Um, we're like really accessible. There's people walking by getting food. Um, so I think it's a good like time. Um, 
so what Natalie went on to explain was that as a as a health public health organization, they often find it really hard to have conversations with people about their own health, especially if they're having it on the street. Yeah, especially if they're just going up to strangers. So what Parking Day did really well for them was create a space that conversation became much more approachable. Yeah, I think that's what's so interesting about utilizing the sidewalk, utilizing these public spaces, using a space that you don't think is yours in a different way because it makes one stranger more approachable by another stranger. And I mean, hopefully that's not abused, but the idea is that I can have more comfortable and positive interactions in a place where typically people are just walking by each other without a second glance. So those two conversations I had with some really sweet and inviting people out on the street, I also had an amazing opportunity to sit down uh, with one of the designers behind maybe the biggest parking day installation that I saw. Uh, it was from Prelwitz Chalinski Associates. They're a local firm out in Somerville. Uh, they took over three parking spots, which is amazing. Um, and I got to sit down with one of their designers, Emmeline Gojak. And we had a really lovely conversation. At PCA, I uh, just graduated my master's and I'm working towards becoming an architect here. A big slogan of PCA's is uh, making places for people. Mm. So we wanted to do that on the street, (laughs) really. And so we put a living room outside and tried to do that. And then we had, oh, hey, we don't actually just do architecture. We have fun and we play music. Because we didn't want to make something permanent we, and we could give it back, these are all samples and things that, they're carpet samples that we get on a daily basis, so they're all things, furniture samples that clients see that we're just going to give back and they're going to be reused. So yeah, yeah. that was kind of the first step. We didn't want to make something that would just sit in the basement. We had uh, stages from Riles that closed down. They gave us all their stages. So we used those for the PCA band. So it's like kind of things we all had. I think we probably spent a total of like $200 That's on three spaces. So it was like used things and donated things and that is pretty much our goal. Yeah, as Emily mentioned, they had a band, which was really fun. That's and awesome. I wish there was music near me. Yeah. <laughs> you could hear it like down the street. They did a bunch of like fun covers that people could recognize. Oh, the cool. band was all people from the office, which was pretty amazing. What? And they sounded good. What kind of music? Like mostly classic rock kind of hits that you would know. They played the Beatles, uh, a bunch of kind of that era of music, but stuff that everyone could kind of sing along to. There was kids dancing on the street. It was yeah, it was really fun. So they're right in Inman. Their office is like Inman goes like this, and they're like they have a wedge. But they are really like moving around a lot of the streets and how that intersection works. What I think is so cool is that with a firm that's so tightly correlated with Inman Square and being so used to how we're going to approach and occupy these parking space scale things and how we're going to design something in a way that gets people to sit down, relax, interact, slow down. I feel like that's the ripple coming from the rock that is parking day. Yeah, I like that analogy. (laughs) One of the principals, Mark Eclipse, came outside and was talking with me about third spaces and it being, you know, it's the coffee shop, it's a library, it's whatever you don't have in your house. 
and it's like an extension. What Emmeline really brought up was the value of these shared spaces in the city, what is, are often called third spaces. Uh, we're going to talk about those much more in depth in, in episode six because they're super interesting. But I think she's a really good point that that's something that's temporary and, and outdoors and, and a little kind of unique can totally be applied to a much broader understanding of of shared spaces in the city. I like the use of the word extension that she said. It This way of expanding your living room, expanding something that already exists like a coffee shop, and morphing it together in the public realm and the sidewalk. Creating a need that people don't quite have or notice that they have, and then this new space kind of inspires them to take it over and utilize on their own. Free will. <laughs> or not. <laughs> Thanks again for talking, Emmeline. That was a really wonderful conversation. You can, you can see who you came with, and you, right? And you can see yourself. Yeah. And you can see the sky and the trees. And you're laying in the street. Isn't that, that's a pretty weird thing. It's funny for me because being a part of Parking Day, especially in, in Cambridge slash Boston, this greater Boston area of participation, I do think even though there was a huge involvement that is, is still fairly new, for the mainly because so many businesses and corporations were becoming a part of it. And I think we were one of the few that were, you know, personal, just like everyday people being like, there's this thing, I'm going to occupy it and take advantage of this moment. And what you and I did was build our own installation, put it in a parking spot, and we named it See For Yourself. The opportunity to do this was sick because it was an, it presented a way that the two of us could approach our theses in different ways in a almost seamless merge yeah exactly <laughs> so we had this kind of body of work that we were pulling from mine really looking at these the power of these mirrors and Chantel really looking at kind of the ways that strangers can interact with each other and tried to bring them together with now all these constraints right it had to fit in a parking spot we had to build it and take it down in a day we had to be able to move it there like we had all these rules which was quite useful but it was a nice way to test a lot of our ideas. It gave us the opportunity to participate in it, have this moment where we can merge our theses and explore the ideas of the ways that we can design something that makes strangers come together, interact, and experience their space differently. And what was so unique was I feel like we were one of a few people who were not businesses or the city departments or something coming together, taking over a parking spot and participating in it for free will, you know? And though it is becoming a much bigger thing, which is why it's so cool that the city's involved in supporting it, I still think that a lot of people who pass by our stuff like didn't know that this is a thing or lear were learning about it that day. Yeah, definitely not. Totally agree. I mean, I think a lot of community groups had a, a wonderful time getting names and all that stuff, but we definitely approached it as a way of this kind of highly constrained design project that could test a lot of ideas that we had started to develop during our thesis, yeah. theses. And we were the epitome of the person occupying public space for almost their benefit. Like we were claiming a space. Yeah, we were claiming a space for the public yeah. to provide a, a public use. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I think each one of our designs that we've 
created and proposed for different projects has involved some sort of altering of expectation. So whether that's how you're seeing yourself, how you're seeing someone else, how you're seeing your space differently, or how you're seeing the sky differently, we decided to hone in on this idea of your visual perception of the space was looking up and kind of seeing down, but it was this very vertical view. And then your senses surrounding you became very changed because of that. So to give you a better idea of what this thing actually looked like, one, you can head to our website, coalescedesign.org, and uh, and find some pictures and diagrams of this. But to, to try to paint an audio picture here, uh, we built the entire thing out of kind of three, maybe four basic elements. Cinder blocks, uh, two by fours, wire, and mirrors. A lot of that was because of the constraints of the project. Uh, we couldn't put together anything that wouldn't fit in Chantel's car. <laughs> it had to get to the site. So we had to think of ways to put pieces together that could be assembled very easily on site. I also have a Honda CRV. <laughs> Not a big car, but it did its job. Yeah, so over the course of, I think we were planning for a month, maybe two months, maybe. Oh, I think a month. I pride ourselves on the ability to find projects to pursue a month or much less <laughs> than the, the time that it's due. Long-term planning is not our strength. <laughs> no. and so we find out about parking day a month prior. We spend so much time just sketching an iteration and trying like, okay, the dimensions of a cinder block are this. I think our main selling point was we were going to use cinder blocks because we could return them. Yeah. <laughs> we, we weren't going to make any edits to them. We were just going to stack them up, use them for a day and return them. Yeah. And that was another big thing is something for parking day that you're building, especially an in installation needs to be able to build up and break down really quickly. So leading up to the week slash night before, we were in your backyard building things and slowly we started to discover that every single design that we had made prior to this moment is collapsing. So (laughs) So many things collapsed. Thankfully nothing broke, but everything collapsed. Yeah, we thought we could kind of string wire in these super long spans and that the cinder block would prove enough weight to hold everything down. It did not. It did not. Turns out gravity is real. Gravity is real. (laughs) (laughs) So it was definitely a stressful time, but we got it together. And what I actually, what we came out with proved to be really powerful and and I think really nice. I think it was the most, what we developed wound up being the most effective iteration, I would argue. The most real one, for sure. Yeah, it removed all these kind of unessential elements and brought it down to what an interesting and unique experience two strangers can have if they choose to in a parallel parking spot. So in one of the two mirrors above you, you're seeing yourself, and then in another one, you're seeing the person laying down behind The face of that person. Yeah, so you get this really altered perspective of a situation that you're in and the sky was beautiful that day so there's a tree in the sky in this super serene moment that you're experiencing looking at most of the time what was a stranger that you were sharing it with and what you can hear is cars you can hear people but you're focusing on this one person in the sky suspended above you and a lot of people were quite hesitant to to try this because it looks strange because it looks like something that's arguably unfinished because it's just cinder blocks and wood and people are lying down but once we convinced people that oh this was for architecture and it could provide this really unique experience yeah we're like jumping up and down on it yeah look it it's gonna it's totally fine and we could get them to lay down people had some 
uh, really, really unique views of, of the people they shared this experience with. Some people would stay for a really long time and lay through just different people coming and going and sitting there by themselves and just experience, experiencing different experiences with it. And I think your point, Chantel, about changing uh, kind of the different senses that were being used, your hearing definitely was heightened because you were much lower, so you could hear tires a lot louder. There was a bus stop right next to it that was quite busy, so that suddenly became like you were below the bus, which was uh, very unique. Actually, a bus stopped, and the bus driver opened the door to that? talk to us about what we were With doing. People on the bus. People on the bus were waiting, and they were like, excuse me, and the bus driver's like, what's going on here? <laughs> which I, w I wish he'd come back. We invited him to come back, but we never saw him. I also think it was really nice you had a different frame of vision. You really couldn't see people walking by on the sidewalk. You maybe could get a glimpse of them on your peripherals. But your main view was this, as Chantal said, this beautiful blue sky, this kind of gently waving tree, and someone's face like above you. I thought it was so crazy how many people were lying down. And the second you lie down, you forgot about everyone staring at you. And there were yeah. so many moments where two people were lying down for a really long time, just talking to each other and having this very intimate moment. And there was a crowd of people watching them yeah. and they didn't even care. Yeah, because their heads were quite close, maybe like two feet apart. And so you could talk, you could have a conversation and you could look at each other in the eye through the mirror above you. Yeah, and you forgot about the world for a moment. Yeah, suddenly that idea of kind of what what is happening in this small scale of public space totally became much more intimate, much more personal than it would if, if you just stood with another person in an empty parking spot. So the coolest thing I think I gained from it, in addition to just being stoked that so many people were excited about what we created was that a lot of people that participated in what we did did not know it was something that anybody could do so if the whole if any part of this idea of approach to reclaiming a part of public space inspired you or interests you at all be sure to look out for parking day 2019 2020 2021 all those good things it is always the third friday in september so mark your calendars uh maybe do some better long-term planning than chantelle and i and uh and think about it beforehand but definitely participate it's, it's totally free uh you can reach out to your your local city to see if they will help you out but if not i would totally just go at it. it's just reclaiming space so do whatever it is that you want if it's just putting up a chair and seeing it all day honestly that would be pretty cool i'd high five you <laughs> what builds us is brought to you by unlikely targeted advertisements aren't you afraid you're going to forget the exact magazine your friend mentioned in passing during a conversation you had last week while walking down the street don't worry unlikely targeted advertisements will always be there between every other swipe to remind you that the internet is listening and wants you to buy their product Want to share your gripe with the city with us? Talk more about Parking Day or help support the show? You can always send us an email at info.coalescedesign at gmail.com. Want to see more pictures from Parking Day? Check out our Instagram, coalesce.design. And as always, for a blog post with more in-depth info and more of our work, you can check out our website, coalescedesign.org. What Builds Us is written and produced by us, Chantal Trombley and Brian Sandberg. Mixing and editing is done by me, and all of our mastering and the music is done by our good friend, Will Gooding. You can find more of his music at www.thorns-roses.bandcamp.com. 
Special thanks this week to the City of Cambridge for all their support with this year's Parking Day and to all the people we talked to during the day, especially Emmeline Gojak from Perlwitz Chelinsky Associates. An extra special shout out to Nicholas and Haley. For, without them, we could not have made this year's Parking Day happen. They helped with setup and tear down and everything in between. We love you guys. And next week, we're going to be expanding out a little bit further. But before we enter into new buildings or exploring bigger ideas, we're going to be looking at the stories that walls tell. So into the wall we go. Into the wall we go. All those fingerprints and marks. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.